right. Thanks for listening to WagerAger. This is D-Nice. Very special guest, JJ from Bet Crushers, here to talk NASCAR. What's going on, sir? All right. I think you put the emphasis on special there, didn't you? <laughs> Very special guest. <laughs> we like warm welcomes to the group here. All right. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, appreciate it. It's a very welcoming group that we have here at WagerAger. So thanks for coming on. We're going to talk some NASCAR. NASCAR, I mean, was it the first sport back or second sport back? UFC might have beaten it in this whole coronavirus race to get back. But NASCAR came back maybe yep. like a week later. Yeah, it was, it was right there. I mean, and it's funny because, you know, when, when we had the – when we lost basketball, you know, and everything seemed like this is terrible – you know, these guys were headed on their way to Atlanta to go go racing. And it was like, you know, of all sports where they could make it work with nobody in the crowd. But it, you know, was a little bigger than that, I guess, once, uh, you know, the basketball player, test, Rudy Gobert, tested positive. I think all the sports were like, all right, we better take a step back. Ruined all of it. Ruined all of it. I'll never forget it. That Wednesday night, it was like the last time, last time until this past weekend for three months that I was out to dinner because I said to my wife, look, it's looking like we're going down a bad path right now. Maybe this will be a last supper for a while. And then sure enough, as we were out to eat, Rudy Gobert, not ruined it for everybody, but that's where everything well, just I mean, shut down. <laughs> definitely didn't help that he was like hamming it up, touching the microphone, <laughs> and like <laughs> yes. touching everybody deliberately in the well. locker room. <laughs> but I mean, we didn't exactly know what we were facing at that point either. So we no. can't everybody really makes fully mistakes. give a joke. Yeah, everybody yeah. makes mistakes. <laughs> exactly. That's up there though. That's up there. I really do think we did speak about that a little bit, the NASCAR coming back first, for the same reason you mentioned there, JJ. We were like, okay, you're in a car. It's on TV. You can see more on TV anyway. Why not just shoot it? Yeah. And then we started thinking yeah. about the pit crews and all the support stuff that's yeah. involved. And you're like, for sure. It. Yeah, I was thinking about it selfishly too. Like, hey, mm -hmm. look, they can't hear the crowd, crowd noise, whatever. I mean, I know it has an effect, but come on, these guys can do it. But you're right. I was looking at it like we need something here. We need some sports. We need something to bet on for that matter. Come on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what it's all about. It's all about betting, betting podcasts. You have your own uh, site and adventure as well with Bet Crushers. Yeah. You guys been going for what, about a year or so, you said? Yeah. Yeah, we launched, uh, me and my buddy Yanni, we launched back in uh, Memorial Day weekend of last year, right in the heart of baseball season. That was uh, an adventure for a couple guys uh, over the age of 40 who have never made a website in their life. So here we are. <laughs> it's still alive one year later. So I guess it was a success in that regard. You definitely That's need to excellent. give yourself credit because I've said for a couple months now, I'm working on the website and then I just get just crushed with other things oh. going on in life. Sometimes you just get tired at night and like, I'll be trying to work on it and then I'm like, just falling asleep. It's going to happen yep, eventually, yep. Dutch. I swear to God, I'll eventually know. get that wager at your website. But we hey, can look, just... We're, st <laughs> we're still working on learning how to edit, learning how to put some film out there and just get the content out to yep. you guys. So. And just learning how yep. to talk to people at the age of 35, right? True, yeah. yeah true. Yeah, it's always a good skill. So anyway, <laughs> should we talk about this uh, race coming up this weekend? I know that we have weeknight races. I'm, I'm stoked about the weeknight races, but Homestead Miami Speedway, and this is what, Dixie Vodka 400? Is that what we got going on? That's right. A little drinking and driving, I guess. Dixie Vodka 400, yep. You got to do what you got to do in quarantine life. Although down in Miami, they're, yeah. they've been open for months, I feel like. so. Yep. Yeah, That's Party right. City down there. That's it. Plenty of alcohol to kill it all off, I guess. Definitely. 400 yeah, so, miles, right, that we have going on 400 miles. Okay. And this is, you know, what's interesting here is for 18 years, this has been the season finale. This is where the champion's been crowned. 
you know, and they made the decision last year that that was going to be the last year for that. So starting this year, it was going to be kind of in the middle of the season. And, you know, it, it found its way into the schedule now with all this jumbling. But, you know, it should be interesting. It's been a good track for quite a while now. Good banking. It's, it's just a regular oval, mile and a half. But, you know, it used to, when it was first built, it was not built for stock cars. You know, any cars can run on it, just like Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You know, it's got tough turns and no banking. You know, they, they redid it twice. So you got to give them a lot of credit down there. They wow. wanted to have a track where, you know, they can have a multiple range of cars that run there. And the NASCAR championship was one of the biggest for quite a while. I mean, this is still going to be big. I mean, you know, even though we've got some golf coming back, thank God for that. You know, NASCAR still really has one hell of an opportunity to gain some fans because it's one of the only shows out there right now. So this should be a good race. It's fast track. And, you know, we're in the middle of a nice little race right now where you've got the big guns that are that are super competitive, but you've got these young guys that are that are racing pretty hard and you know willing to give it a shot. Like you know, one of my favorites, Ryan Blaney. My, he's my favorite because anytime I get behind him, he really hurts me. So I'm I'm giving it another <laughs> shot tonight, Wednesday night at the uh, Martinsville race. But we'll see how that turns out. Maybe the rain will save me from disaster. You know. It sounds like uh, he might be JJ's Kirk Cousins, if you will. <laughs> That's our running. It's one of our running. Uh, things gotcha, on this show gotcha. i always yes. get crushed by kirk so it sounds like uh, <laughs> when you bet situation. against him it doesn't work out when you bet on him yeah. sometimes it does but still kind of fucks you at times yeah <laughs> yeah the, the thing i had going for me last year was i saw a really good uh post or a series of tweets from a from a guy smitty i think his name was yeah where he really laid out the case for the under and the yards for kirk cousins and I bought in, made a ton of sense. You know, they were saying in the offseason, they're going to be run first, run first, run first. Cook is back. Didn't even sniff 4,100. That was that was nice. That was the only time I think that Kirk Cousins has treated me well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right. It definitely might be the one and only. So Blaney's the yep. guy for you. Okay. Are you looking at Blaney this weekend in terms of bets? And should we talk about just, just like high level prior to, even if there's any bets in lines listed right now, what do you usually look for in terms of like handicapping this? Like, I know it depends on track. You talk yep. about that you have, uh, we were talking on online a couple of times, but you like to bet against Truex in certain situations. What do you usually look for and how does that affect your handicap overall? So the nice thing about now, there was a couple of times you're right where we said, you know, Truex is not a guy here. I mean, he's, you know, had a past history of, you know, being somewhere in the teens, finishing in the teens, didn't matter which car, which team he was on, which car he was in. But yet, when you see the odds come out, and he's being priced like, you know, a Kyle Busch or a Kevin Harvick, who have done very well at a given track, that's where you say, you know, this is just being priced off of perception. Truex okay. is a great racer. Truex is a champion. However, you know, you can't price him like that at every track. And it's not just him. You know, there's guys like that all the time. Kevin Harvick at Bristol was a guy where it was like, no, you, you do not want to bet Harvick at Bristol. You know, he's had his times there, but it's really, he had a short little window there. So you say he's going to get priced like somebody who is very good at a track. So a couple of things I look for, I'm usually taking a look at the driver's maybe the day of the, the current race or the day after the current race. And I'm coming up with, okay, here's some guys that I don't want to be on or I want to fade. Here's some guys that I think may be undervalued, especially when, you know, I like to play matchups a lot. I like to play matchups a lot more than playing guys to win. Yeah. You know, and I, I get it. The, 
playing guys to win. I, I did that for years. I loved it. It's hit or miss. It's very volatile. You know, I've really trended towards going with matchups over the last year or two. You know, I've, I've been, been very happy with that, mostly because once you start to see you're looking at these week in and week out, you start to see who the books match guys up against. So, you know, you think of like the big six, Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick, Truex, Keselowski, Logano. Those guys are typically getting paired up against each other. And sometimes, you know, especially this year, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney will often find their way into that mix. And then you also kind of have those mid-tier guys where you see Jimmy Johnson, or I guess you would say the, the, the bottom of the top tier, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, the veterans who are very good, they're consistent, they're solid, but they're not up there with those, those championship guys right now. And then you, you have the ones in the middle, like Clint Boyer and Eric Jones and Eric Almarola. Bowman was finding his way up there in the top tier coming out of the break. And I think, you know, the books have adjusted to where, you know, he had a hot start. He won in California, but, you know, he really kind of tailed off and wasn't that top tier guy. He may get back there, but you saw him just kind of having eh, middle of the road type of efforts or having some, you know, driver error issues that took him out of a race and he was still getting priced high. So, at that point, I'm saying, okay, he's a guy that I'm going to go against if he's still being priced high up there. If they're sure. going to pit Bowman against Harvick or Bowman against Truex, I'm going to take those guys, you know, when they're, they're having like a pick-up pick, pick matchup, minus 115 or even minus 130 against them where they should be even bigger favorite. That so I'm looking for – yeah, exactly. Potential price mismatches is what I'm looking for. Very interesting. Just taking a look at the standings right here, you mentioned uh, Truex and Bowman, sixth and seventh. So then Bowman, you said, did start out really hot. He does have that one win that came in California. has been fading ever since. Very interesting. Truex, highest in the standings for not having any wins. So he's yep. had uh, five top ten finishes, it looks like, and seventh in the standings. So that's always interesting to look at. Dutch, I honestly haven't looked at NASCAR standings in the month of June maybe yeah. ever in my life until now, but here we are. And yeah. like JJ said, there, there's not a lot of other things going on. Great opportunity for NASCAR. It's reeling me in more and more each and every week, and I'm pumped. Yeah, I got to say, I, yeah. I used to be a huge NASCAR fan. I'm still a fan, absolutely. Um, had a NASCAR fantasy team back in college, was really into it, but I feel like it's nice. one of those sports that you have to keep up with, so you know those things like JJ's saying. So one thing I have been seeing is that Fords are up at the top of the pack. Is it, Are the Fords running better than all the other cars this year? Or what are your thoughts on that? You know, that's kind of interesting because um, coming out of the break, when we heard that NASCAR was coming back and they laid out a schedule, you know, there was a nice week or two before that first race back in Darlington where it's like, okay, great. You know, I can start looking and handicapping these races, but it kind of gave me an opportunity to really dig in deep. And, you know, put out a couple different articles on top of the main race article. And one of them I was looking at, you know, what's going on with the, the Joe Gibbs Toyotas. You know, it seemed like they were having a down year. I mean, granted, we're only talking about four races before things broke up. But nonetheless, you know, like how did, how did those finishes for the four, four teams compare to the last few years when they've had this uh, four-man group of uh, Kyle Truex, Hamlin, and Eric Jones? And I really kind of compared all that. And, you know, it looked like Truex was having a very rough start as compared to where he's been over the last few years. Now, he, he's only been with Gibbs since last year, um, but nonetheless, he was racing at a very high level for the last couple of years. But you looked at all the other guys and it seemed like, well, you know, Kyle Busch was doing his thing. I mean, Daytona, I never really count that against anybody. I mean, you don't want to take away good finishes at Daytona, but you saw it. 
I mean, Daytona 500, even Talladega, where we're going to be at in a couple weekends, it's crazy. It's a crapshoot. I mean, these guys are going full bore (laughs) all around the track, drafting lines, 10, 12 guys long. And, you know, not just these colossal big wrecks, the Ryan Newman, you know, flipping, getting smashed, that sort of thing. Yeah, still wild. Yeah, it's still wild. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that he's back this year is amazing. Um, But it's not just that, but you watch, like if you were watching the Daytona 500, you see these guys getting these drafting lines. And if they're in the wrong one, if the guy in the lead of one of the lines isn't, you know, isn't carrying his weight, you could have somebody that was in fourth place or in sixth place. And next thing you know, they're in the wrong line. They're all of a sudden back in 15th, 20th place because they're in the wrong line. So it's a really tough race. The super speedways are really tough to really have a fairly – strong, confident feel for how somebody's going to do. But nonetheless, I mean, we're talking about Fords. I think you're seeing them do pretty well. The Toyotas are, are, are coming back online. I mean, Kyle Busch has been strong, and he's he's been a player ever since um, California. He's had a couple duds there with the, with the return at Darlington. And then, uh, you know, the second, the second one, I mean, he was doing really well, but, you know, he took out Chase Elliott, Elliott at the end there. Otherwise, though, Kyle he Busch. Did. I mean, he's oh, Kyle yeah. Busch. yeah. <laughs> he, he definitely took his ass out there, and he yes, was not he happy did. about that. Um, no, and that's the one where not. he just flipped him the bird, right? It was yelling at him. Yes, he was. Yep. <laughs> I remember sitting here. We were watching it, my wife and I, and, uh, you know, you can see Chase started walking up the track a little bit. The guy, mm-hmm. the ambulance guy was saying, okay, get in the track. And I just said, <laughs> he's going to flip this guy off. And, man, did he ever. It, and he deserved it. And Kyle, Kyle Bush probably figured he deserved it, too. You know, I don't think he necessarily went out of his way to try to wreck him. But he's a championship driver. He's a top-tier driver. He knew the clearance he had. And he tried to fit his way in there. And that did not work. So, well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as far as, you know, kind of looking at the Fords and the Toyotas, I mean, Chevys are – Chevys were looking pretty good. The Chevys were looking strong at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think, you know, some of that may have been skewed by, you know, Bowman's win and and what he did there. But Jimmy Johnson has been really a top 10 type of car. You know, I kind of made the case last week that he's driving like he, uh, you know, doesn't really give a rip. Like he's the old guy, the retiree guy driving around, like out of my way. I'm trying to get to the diner, you know, that sort of thing. Basically, uh, Brady it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's some some good Chevrolets out there between Chase and them. But when it comes down to it, it's really Ford, Ford and Toyota, you know. But Kevin Harvick, you know, he's at the top. He's been racing. I think I made the made the point. I mean, one one show was that he had his top ten streak. He he had top ten finishes all season until Bristol. He came in eleventh, and then he turns around and wins in Atlanta. Down. Crazy. He like, is the consistency I mean, he is and just like the highest level of his sport. And he's been yeah. going for how long now? Because I've I've heard his name for years and years, but at the highest of levels. I mean, ten years I or a little say, bit more. I want to say like probably twenty years. Let's look yeah, this wow. up. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Twenty I years know. now. During like my fantasy NASCAR stint, he was still a big name back then. That was at yeah. least 15 years ago. Okay. 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 Shows how much yeah, I see. know. Shows how much <laughs> I know. It's just like, man. Because I know back years. in college days, years. like back 15 yep. years ago, it was all Jimmy Johnson. Like he was at the top. Right. Yeah. Kevin Harvick. Jeff Gordon. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yep. At that time, yep. Hendricks Motorsports was just taking over everything. They had Absolutely. Dale Jr. Yeah, that's they had right. Jimmy yeah. Gordon. They yeah. had Casey Mears at one point too, I think, right? Right. Was, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They had a crazy team that was just like he taking was their all the publicity. Guy. Yeah. Exactly. Now, right. now that's you know now you're seeing Joe Gibbs Racing is kind of that that team you know just because of how strong they are from top to bottom. Their fourth man is Eric Jones, and you know he's young and and he's strong. He's not having a real great year this year, but 
you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, you can totally see, you know, being a rising star and, you know, he's got the, the Joe Gibbs resources behind it, but, you know, for a fourth man on your team, it's like going, you know, being your deep D player in the scramble golf mm-hmm. scramble. Right. You know, and he's, he's better than a lot of B's and C's out there, you know? Exactly. So for the race this weekend, do we have lines already posted? And if we don't have lines, are there certain guys you're looking yeah. at here in Miami? Yeah, we've got nothing out right now just because, uh, you know, we've got the race Wednesday night. And given the trajectory, it depends by, by book, right? You'll see some, you know, we're, where we're at, you know, we see some, some uh, you know, books in the state that are pretty quick to put out lines which is pretty nice. And then you have an offshore like five dimes that puts out lines very quickly, puts out matchups very quickly, you know, so that's great, but they'll probably come out Thursday or Friday is my guess. Cause we saw this Wednesday race, those early books put out lines Monday matchups okay. came out on five dimes in the afternoon, but, but you're going to find that the top guys, the big guns are going to be at the top of the, the, the board. There's no doubt about it. And one thing that I started looking into yesterday was, well, is there kind of a bias, right? Because if you look at, at the Miami races over the last, you know, if you just want to say 10 years, but more specifically from about 2014 on, because that's as long as they've had this current schedule or current playoff, you know, scheme where basically the last four guys or the top four guys going into the Miami race were the ones that were in contention for the championship. Five through whatever, doesn't matter if they win the race, they're not winning the championship. It's whoever finishes best out of those four and Miami wins. So I wondered, you know, is there somewhat of a bias, you know, because somebody who's in 12th place and out of the championship, are they really going to be racing, you know, two or three of the top guys super hard at the end of the race, yeah. knowing that, Hey, get out of the way, let these guys duke it out for the championship. So I think there's a little bit of that factor. And so you got to wonder whether that's a little bit baked in to the results here. But I look back and I mean, it's really just, four guys that made an impact in, in the playoffs. So you figure, you know, anybody that was outside of those top four, they're still placing pretty well. And, you know, I was skewed a little bit in 2018 because you had all four championship contenders finish one, two, three, four. In 2017, you had one, two, three. And realistically in 2016, and I'm writing about this because this one hurt, I had one season-long future in 16 on Carl Edwards, a nice, fat ticket, juicy odds place before the season. He was he was running up there, man. And, uh, yeah, they had a restart with 10 laps to go. And um, Logano was trying to make a move on the outside of him. You know, I think he was – Edwards was up on the top row. And Logano tried to make a move on the inside, real dramatic. And then Edwards swung out real hard, spun out, and smashed into the uh, oh, into Jesus. the wall. So, oh, yeah, yep. I, I, and that's I, one of the worst things about – yeah, yeah, like yeah. the best thing about this sport for people who are just casual viewers is that they love the crashes, right? Okay, sure. Yep. One, it, it, it's kind of fucking dangerous, so that maybe don't cheer the crashes that much. But two, <laughs> yeah. say that you right, have right. someone that, that's running up near the top, last five, ten laps, oh, man, and you lose someone there, that that's yeah. just crushing. That's well, just, just crushing, like especially or, when you have or money Kyle. on. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just like Chaser Kyle there on that last that, that uh, weekday, the last weekday race. Where yeah, it was, it was just Wednesday like, night. Whether you right? had one of those guys, yeah, if you yeah. had one of those guys, it would have been frustrating, brutal. Brutal. Yes. Or, I mean, hell, just the other week when Joey and Chase were, were, were racing for the lead. And, uh, you know, that's where Chase rode up on him, knocked him out. And then uh, there was Brad to take the take the win. But it was realistically going to be Joey or Chase that should have won that race. But they took each other out. So, yeah, it's a wild sport when you think of it that way. And, and I mean, like, you know, we all bet NFL, right? 
and you think of just oh, yeah. how fluky NFL can come down to when you're talking about covering the spread on missed field goal or some so difficult Jameis Winston pick six or something like <laughs> that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Usually happens so in the first like, eight minutes of the game or eight seconds. Yeah. Or 30 but, times after that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 30 so for 30, you know, Jameis Winston. It's just a little more, seems a little more dramatic in NASCAR because you got basically an accident, a car wreck taking, taking things out, you know, versus a, you know, wide right or pick six or, you know, a, yep, yep. a double, the double off the wall where the outfielder misplayed it, something like that. You know, that sort of stuff seems to happen all the time. And these car wrecks, it's like, you got to be kidding me, this guy. That's me and Ryan Blaney, man. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm his kiss of death. But we'll see if they get this race <laughs> off tonight, whether whether <laughs> we can break the curse. Your you Kirk know? Cousins. That's yeah. your Kirk yep. Cousins right there. That's let's, right. Let's that's hope right. Blaney stays yeah. away from Twisted Metal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These but, weeknight you know, I mean, races talking... are absolutely electric, though. Like, it's been how many that they have had so far, too? And I know the first one yep. was the first one in Charlotte or Atlanta? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yep. I just know that I was yelling at the TV. It was like 10 45, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> a fox yeah. was in the road. I was yelling at the TV. And like, my wife just yelled down, like, what, what the hell is going on down there? I'm just yelling <laughs> down there. Wednesday night, she's trying to sleep. It's so what happens uh, when you're deprived of sports and then you yep. have these electric NASCAR races going on. That's I'm it. I'm pumped for the race tonight if they do get it off. Absolutely, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, to go back to, to, to uh, Miami, I mean, you're seeing the, the top guys have, have really taken those top five positions. Um, but even if – whether or not they're in the championship four. So, I think it's a true racetrack in the sense that, you know, it's a, it's a banked oval – and you're going to get good speed, and you're going to have the fast cars really sticking to the front. Um, just going to come down to whether there's a lot of green flag laps, like what we saw in Atlanta. I mean, one unplanned caution. So you saw at the end of the race, Kevin Harvick out there just took the lead, was out there by two seconds. Then you had Kyle Busch, you had Truex, you had the fast guys out there because they were let to run the green flag. I know it's not as exciting. But yeah. that's when the, the, the fast cars get to separate. So it all, all comes down to whether you get petty cautions towards the end, especially where you're getting a lot of restarts. The restarts are exciting. The restarts often wreak havoc. So I love um, it's restarts. Really like, it's just yeah, restarts like that, are great. That, that slow creep, that slow creep yep. as they, oh, man, and then they come back and it's just all out. And that first turn, like you're, you're just in awe. Because I'm like, wow. Yep. Like how, how is this even the, humanly possible? There's like – 40 cars just doing 200 miles an hour, exactly. bumper to bumper, the, like grinding up the against each row other. Guy, yeah, exactly. He's Oof. right up the first guy's ass. You know what I mean? Awesome. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. This is insane. How do you drive like that? But they, they pull it off every once in a while, though. They get that guy loose. And, that, and so much for that, we're right back to caution. But, you know, that's the nature of the game, I guess. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, speaking about those cautions, D-Nice and I were talking about this a little bit before we all got on here. Uh, we noticed that there's an actual set caution speed per – racetrack it, does that have to do with the banking and what's safe to get around the, the the track during a caution or what does that have to do with you know I, I i would be lying if i told you i knew exactly why but i think that's that's a big factor of it so you got the pace car out in front right and there's a, a set caution speed and you know i think for the most part it's fairly standardized but it may vary based on whether it's a short track or a long track you know mm -hmm. mile and a half or a half mile that whatever it may be but what's it, what's important is you, know, you think if these guys are taking yellow flag pits um the the 
the caution speed limit basically makes it so that somebody can't just haul ass coming out of the pits to catch up with the rest of the pack. So if they take a super long pit stop, which you may often see if somebody's taking damage or they may need to make extra adjustments, you know, you can use a yellow flag pit stop to really take advantage because, you know, you losing an extra three seconds in the pits when they're going 55 miles an hour is different when they're going 180 miles an hour, right? Yep. So, you know, you want to use that to make, to, to be able to do that, but you don't want to get too far behind. You don't want to get lapped when you're down there, right? So they have to make this speed limit on the yellow so that somebody isn't, you know, trying to catch up to the pack after they take a long pit stop, stop at a hundred miles an hour. There you go. See, these are the things that we need to tell people about NASCAR who think that it's just a bunch of left turns, right? That's what I was about That's right. to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's, hey, there's so you, many I mean, aspects I, to it. I, yes. And I've taken a bigger, greater appreciation for it as well over the years. You know, I, I would be lying again, if I said, you know, when I was in high school or even college, I followed it much, but you know, I married into a family where, you know, they're used to watching the races from back in the day, Bill Elliott being one of their favorites, you know, that sort of thing. And so I start, I gradually, you know, started watching more of it and started realizing there is a lot more strategy to it. There is a lot more, you know, to everything that's going on. And then, you know, obviously got sportsbook account or went up to Vegas or whatever it was, you know, and I find myself betting on that sort of thing. And then I'm betting on the race every week. That's a natural um, progression of things. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Fan of the sport. Yeah. Then you're like, can I make some money on this? You're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Lose a little bit so at first. Like, you have some yeah. growing pains, you know? Absolutely. It's like, well, you know what, if I'm going to throw some money at it, why don't I sit here and take as much effort on this as I do for baseball, football, or even hoops. And Definitely. this year, especially, you know, I mean, last year was, was really good because I spent more time than ever trying to break these races down, trying to find edges, try to, try to get my thoughts on who should be where before the, the, before the odds came out. Right. So, I mean, that's what you want to do is you want to try to be able to form your own conclusions, especially with matchups. Like, okay, if these guys are typically grouped together and I feel like this guy is going to do that much better than the other, I'm looking for this price. And if I find that or better, I'm taking it right away. It, right yep, at the open. Bet it. Now we're in an environment now where it's totally different because there's no practices, no qualifying. So, in years past or even before the break, you're going into a race, they have opening odds, they have opening numbers, and you're betting them blind based on, you know, their past performances, how they're doing going into the race, how they've traditionally done at this track. Are they in a better car? Do you expect them to take that next step, whatever it may be? And then they do practice. You see the adjustments that are being made and they qualify. The books typically take the numbers down before practice qualification, they put them back up. And a lot of times those numbers change because they're either starting in a different position or more sharply, they're seeing who actually has a better car at that track. We don't have that right now. So you're betting into these based off purely on the past. Now, when we had practice of qualifying, I'm totally fine with taking at least a half a position in a matchup or a guy for a top five or a top 10 before practice and qualifying, because you still got to figure, you know, the tiger isn't going to lose his stripes. You know, he's still going to be that guy. He's still going to have that card. Even if they don't practice totally well or qualify well, they're able to make adjustments and to get back to that. And so that's why I think, you know, you see guys, these veterans, these teams, maybe they've had the same crew chief and configuration for the last few years. You can kind of get a feel for what they set up for well, what they don't set up for well, even before practice qualifying. Practice qualifying means a lot, and you have to be able to take a lot away from them. 
they do those typically during the daytime or maybe sometimes on a Saturday. You may not be around to watch them, but you can catch those replays, you know, with Fox and, and NBC showing, you know, televising the races. They, they replay the practices on NBC Sportsnet or FS1, you know, so you can catch these practices after the fact and before the books put them back up. So you don't have to watch it live. That's the beauty of that. And then maybe be able to say, and, eh, you know, I thought he was going to look a lot better than that. Something doesn't look right. Maybe you readjust or maybe say, I'm going to stay away from him, leave him out of the equation. But for the most part, you know, I think you can inform yourself based on the progression of a driver or how consistent a driver has been going into the race or at that given track. And that's really what we're having to work with now. And I would say so far so good for us. And there's certain tracks in these mid midweek races I've laid low on, you know, I've only made maybe made one or two bets, one or two positions because we're dealing with a short turnaround for when the odds come out, trying to process things. And, and usually the menu is a little limited, but you know, something like this, when you're looking at, you're really looking at past performance and trying to use some insight as to, you know, you can't just look at, at, at the, at what they've done and say, ah, you know, he's, he's been 23, he's been 20 here, you know, and going into the last two races, he did pretty well, but you know, something's not right. Well, if you look, or if you watch those races, he said, yeah, he was doing just fine, but blew a tire, got into the wall, you know, with five laps to go, that sort of thing. Like if you looked at Kyle and Chase at that race, that, that nighttime race, and you looked at, if you just looked at it out of context, say, oh, those guys did terrible. No, no they were right up there in the front. They're right, right so, there right. until that happens. Gotta, exactly. Right so you've either got to have some knowledge of that race or, hey, the information's out there. You can go back and read and say, why did this guy – not do very well in this last year and maybe the answer's in there we have a nascar connoisseur expert on our hands here dutch this the, <laughs> agreed. The, agreed. the passion and the knowledge that are coming from jj right here is is nothing that i ever expected from a guest and it's amazing yeah it's fantastic <laughs> that's that's what the lack of baseball will do to you all right there you, there you go. go you gotta pass the time doing something <laughs> yeah exactly it's like hey you know i mean we're doing this because we love we love handicapping. We love watching sports. We love to bet on it, right? But now's an opportunity. Might as well get sharper, right? And that's exactly. kind of what that boiled down to. Whereas I'm I may be devoting seventy percent of my handicapping time this time of year to baseball and maybe thirty percent to, to NASCAR. Obviously now it's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent and your track records, show. yeah. Track track record, no play on words or no pun intended, but it's been really good <laughs> lately. Since we've been talking, I mean, past four or five weeks since NASCAR's been back, I mean, you you've been good, man. So the, the the extra time and the homework is a hundred percent paying off. I love it. Yep. I love it. Dutch, I don't think I have anything else, but we definitely want JJ to plug everything that he has. Plug your Twitter, plug yeah, absolutely. your plug everything, man. All right. Well, appreciate it. Yep. We're at the Bet Crushers on Twitter. My partner, Yanni, he's down in Florida, but, you know, we're Ohio boys. I'm up here in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, that's our account. We got our, our uh, website, betcrushers.com. And, uh, you yeah, know, things are going pretty well. It's a grind. You know, it's a lot of work getting these handicaps out, but we love doing it. And we figure, you know what, this isn't about, this is about, hey, let's just get this stuff out there. If people can use it, people can say, go to it and say, okay, I never would have thought about that. Or maybe that pushed me one way or another on something I was on the fence on. We're not here to tell people what to bet. You know, we're not selling picks, anything like that. We're right. just putting our handicaps out there and hopefully it does somebody some good. I love, I love that it. idea. I, I, I think, love uh, it. I love there's it. a reason yep. why we all get along so well. I think that's yep. probably one Doing of it for the love, guys. Doing, doing it for the love. love. Doing it for the people, the love of the sport, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's 
sports, right? Yeah. More sports, more sports. We'll slowly add more and more sports here. JJ, I appreciate it. And we'll uh, do it again real soon. Real soon. Absolutely. Love you guys. Good luck tonight, fellas. Yes. Good luck.